What up, Fatherhoods Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. They've got ill creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all that. You can make a little paper from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is KGB. What up, is DJ EFN. Yo, and this is your man, Manny Digital. Welcome to the Fatherhoods Podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diamonds. Right. Another edition of the Fatherhood Podcast, and today we got a fellow content creator and soon-to-be father, Adam22 of the famous and infamous No Jumper Podcast. Adam, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, boys? I'm a big fan of all y'all in various uh, different ways, so very, very happy to be here. Appreciate you, dog. So, so this is uh, a somewhat new territory for us. I mean, uh, you know, we're all dads, and you are an expecting first-time father to be, correct? All of a sudden, it's. Uh, I think she's just, just, just entering her second trimester now. So I still got like a six-month runway. Mm. And and so, go ahead, Manny. I was going to say, any serious consideration to Corona-themed names yet? Oh come on! Uh, um, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's definitely a dad joke, I think, but I already brought that up. I was already like, what about COVID? What about <laughs> uh, Corona? And, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing where my girl, I think, takes all of my uh, name suggestions a lot more seriously than me. Like, I've, I've been really trying to tell her that I want to name it Dwight. And, it, I mean, it's a troll. I don't really want to name it Dwight. But, like, <laughs> I can see it in her eyes where she's getting, like, a little bit upset about me saying it over and over because it's such a near and dear thing to her. Yeah. Yeah, you got you got to be careful. Uh, I do it in jest, obviously, but I also have three kids, so the to- my wife's tolerance is a little bit more. Um, in your case, and, and this is your first, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So every everything is a little bit more sensitive in the first. So, you- so how much how, yeah. how much how much interaction have you had previously with with kids, and what what are you kind of expecting your life to turn into with with a kid at this point? I mean, honestly, my experience is like almost none besides my two nephews, um, who I have a a six-year-old nephew and a four-year-old nephew, and uh, they're pretty much my my sole connection to like dealing with kids, so I feel like I I feel a lot more comfortable with uh, the idea of having a boy, just because I've like never spent time around like a a girl toddler, you know? Yeah. So uh, that's my whole understanding of kids pretty much so far because like for the most part a lot of my friends either don't have kids or when they start having kids we kind of stop hanging out because all the stuff i've been doing my whole life is kind of the stuff that you don't do with kids around like you know uh, you know being out riding bikes going to rap concerts and stuff it's like normally when my friends have kids i just don't see them that much anymore or i just don't i definitely don't see the kid really maybe once or twice but you know so for me being up close and personal with it feels kind of crazy to even think about yeah i, I, I mean I, 
you kind of alluded to, to what my question was going to be. Do you think that gender is going to make a difference in how you move? Hell yeah. I mean, I'm just, I, I definitely appreciate both ideas. You know, I spent a good amount of time thinking about it. And even like after Kobe passed, I was listening to some interviews with him and he was all talking about how much he loves having girls and stuff. But I mean, from my perspective, it's like, like when I, I remember when I was like a 16 year old BMX rider that somebody said to me, like, you know, the thing about riding BMX is that like, you know, you're, you're going to keep getting older and everybody you ride bikes with is probably going to stay around the same age. And it's like so true because I've just through owning the bike shop, running BMX brands, doing the hip hop stuff. It's just I feel like so comfortable and understanding of like what a young man goes through that I just feel like infinitely connected to that. Whereas, you know, right away I start thinking of things with the idea of having a girl that my girlfriend would be great at handling and that I would realistically have no business handling. I mean, there's like the obvious things like, uh, you know, I don't know what to tell you when you get your period. Um, I don't know. How, I don't know how to tell you to get dressed. I don't know. Like I could think of a ton of stuff that I don't know how to talk to a girl about, but I could be uh, very up close with, with a, with a young man. So, I mean, I'm kind of rooting for that just because I feel like it would be easier, but obviously I'm going to, I'm going to take it either way it comes. And how, um, how impactful were your parents when you were growing up and, and are there things that, that they've taught you that maybe you're going to throw away and not do on, do on your, your turn or vice versa? I mean, when I think about my childhood, it's like, my parents, the, the things that I think that they really did right was that they just had a very strong family unit. You know, they were always together my whole life. They, um, they, they never, you know, the, the fighting between them was minimal. I never seen my parents smoke cigarettes. I never seen my parents drink or do drugs or do anything. So, I mean, they always set a very, very good example for me. I would say that, you know, I definitely, uh, my, my parents, it, it was sort of weird growing up as me because my parents were very back and forth on religion where they wanted to be a good Christian family. But then in reality, they like, w they just wouldn't keep going to church consistently, you know, like, I mean, I, growing up myself, I, I rejected any of that stuff like pretty early on. And that was always like a strange thing for my parents just to like, I mean, I really rejected almost everything. They were, they were super into education, politics. And, uh, you know, to a certain extent, religion. And for, for me, I, I rejected all of that stuff from super early on. I think the, the main thing that I'm really concerned with is just, like, for my parents, it was very important that I play baseball and that I play basketball and that I do good in school. And then all the other stuff that I was into, like music and art and stuff, it seemed like that was very much second. Whereas for me, I feel like if my kid is really into art or music or whatever that I would want to fully nurture that. And I think that's just as valid a thing for him to spend his time on than, you know, sports, which my parents were very, very into. And I was not as into. So, so you went a non-traditional route with your quote unquote sports, right? I mean, you mentioned your BMX exploits and are you still kind of doing BMX type stuff? Yeah. I mean, I still have a, a BMX company called on some shit and we have a, a, a team of uh, different pro riders and stuff who are pretty much all in their 20s or, like, late teens. And, you know, I'm still around for all that. Like, I still will go out with them in the van or just go pedal around L.A. And uh, I'm still very, like, close to the BMX world. I feel like BMX is what I got into because 
you know, my parents had really pushed the, the sports side of things so hard, but that never really appealed to me. So then when I got into like BMX and, and figured out like, oh, this is a sport where it's very individual. There's no reason I can't just go to the skate park by myself. I don't have to worry about the team aspect. I don't have to worry about, you know, being in shape or anything that that, that appealed to me a lot at that point in my life, just because you know, it's like, I feel like certain people are, are built for different things. And like, if, if my parents knew what I know now, I think they would have looked at me and seen the fact that I just wanted to sit and, and, and draw and listen to music all the time. And they, they would have regarded that as like, oh, okay, maybe we should, uh, we should really try to emphasize this. Maybe we should try to figure out how we can get them in some kind of special programs for a kid that wants to pursue this stuff. And I feel like, you know, my parents maybe didn't have that outlook just from being a little bit more old school. So you feel that that's how that's what you're gonna take from from the way your parents parented you to your kid? Um, you know, I just look at how they raised me, and I feel like I would be a little bit more open minded in terms of the stuff that they might want to spend their time on. I mean, the 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 big thing, obviously, is that my parents were like much lower income level than I was, so it's realistically like I'm probably not gonna my kid's not gonna have to deal with a lot of the same shit that I had to deal with as a, as a young kid. So, I mean, that's nice too, but I don't know. I mean, I, I'll, I'll admit I have absolutely no idea what I'm in for. <laughs> None of us do. Or do. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, I'm, it's, I still it's, got the training wheels on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's forever, uh, it's forever changing. And then, uh, you know, I had the realization, I guess we all do at some point is that, is that, um, I don't know. You ever, you ever, think like if any of your parents sometimes you know you're you're a grown adult and they're still worried about you or you know give me a call when you get back from your trip just to make sure you got home you know that kind of stuff and it's almost like sometimes it's eye rolling it's like oh you know what i'm a i'm a grown man you know that kind of thing but then you start thinking about well when you have a kid this is something and someone that you're going to be worried about for basically the rest you know the rest of your life and you don't really realize that until you're kind of in the mix with it that was a bit of a shocker to me that's real yeah, shit I, I feel like I've, I've met a bunch of people in my life that seem like they lost their mind and then i realized like at a different point that they lost a child and that i feel like that is for a lot of people that's like something that they can't get past in terms of their mental health and like mm. i think that says a lot about just how strong that connection is and how how much it can affect you when that person passes early yeah yeah, that's yeah. something that would uh, be hard to come back from, for sure. I can't right. even imagine. I mean, give, given the climate right now, like, um, you know, unfortunately, death <clears throat> seems to be more around us now than, than in most cases, just, you know, the way the news is rolling. And those are conversations I'm having a lot more with my kids, not necessarily on, on them going, you know, <laughs> them passing away, but just in general, like death and what it means and people close to you getting sick and potentially having an issue. Like it's it's, I think more sobering now than I think we, than than I normally engage with it, um, especially because the kids are involved in that conversation. Yeah, I mean, and I I think about it a lot too that I didn't really lose anybody when I was younger. Like I never had any of my friends' parents that I was close with die. I saw my grandparents die and shit like that. But when I think about it, like if if I had an eight year old right now or like a, a five year old, he would know a bunch of like a lot of my friends who passed away over the past few years, wow. like even my, uh, my nephews, I mean, they were massive juice world fans. They were listening to juice world all the time. And like my, my, uh, 
my brother-in-law and my sister, you know, they, that was probably the first person that they had to explain to him that, that he was dead now. Hmm. Yeah. So what is, what's your take on, on that? I mean, I think like we've seen different cycles of, of music and, you know, there's sometimes where it's the celebration of selling drugs. There's a celebration of using drugs, you know, different various forms. I mean, obviously this, 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 this recent wave, you know, it's been a lot of, uh, you know, different types of, of drugs that have been being spoken on and we've lost a lot of folks. What's, what's your take on just young, young people in general and the kind of celebration or the, you know, the embracing of that culture and, and I mean, how do you see yourself explaining, um, you know, in the future, explaining some of these things to your child when they're exposed to some of this music? And undoubtedly, there will be more, you know, m- more of this kind of stuff in music because it just doesn't go away. It just changes the names, you know, of what, what people are using. I mean, how, how, how do you see yourself handling that? Um, yeah, it is a weird thing to think about just because, you know, I tell young people all the time now that, like, the number one biggest thing that they got to get past in, in their life is not getting into drugs. You know, like, you, you know, realistically, you could probably accomplish the vast majority of things that you want with your life. And the number one thing that is going to get in the way of you accomplishing those things is the drug thing. And, and I, I'll extrapolate that on down to like drinking and yeah. you know, tons of kids who, who smoke weed and have absolutely had a really, really negative impact on their life because they smoke too much weed and they get too into not just, not that smoking weed is the bad part. It's that if you're young and you start smoking weed and you start to get into that mentality of like, it oh, takes a toll. Yeah. My next, yeah. I'm, I need my next fix so I can sit around and do nothing and, and chill. Mm. That's such a dangerous mentality when you're young, because in reality, when you're young, you need to be high energy, excited and working your ass off as much as possible. So, I mean, I don't know. I think about that a lot. Like, like I just, I don't know. I, I the the thing that scares me, like when I think about how my dad raised me, my dad didn't know shit about drugs, so he couldn't tell me shit, you know. And I'm gonna be the opposite of that, where it's like realistically, I know everything that there is to know about drugs, and I could tell you way more shit than you're gonna want to know about <laughs> drugs. Right. So it's kind of like, damn. I I want like me not really listening to my dad when it came to you know, a lot of things, not just drugs, but like anything that was illegal, like, like me and my friends going out and doing graffiti, my dad did not understand what the fuck we were doing. Me and my friends wanted to like, you know, uh, like, you know, it's not like he knew that I was doing the the credit card fraud shit, but it's not like he would have had any ability to understand that. You know, when I think that's what worries me is like, I hope my kids are like, listen to me. I hope my kids get that I'm an authority on these subjects and that I'm not so disconnected from the culture by the time that they're the age to start even thinking about drugs that, you know, I just, I just hope that they're able to like actually listen to me and take my word for it because I didn't with my parents, but I blame it on the fact that they didn't really know what the hell they were talking about. I wonder if, if the flip would happen though. Like I think about this all the time with some of the content that, you know, I've created over the years and I say, yeah, you want to say, Hey, look, you know, I understand where you're coming from, like when my daughter's older or whatever, my son who's coming now. But they might be like, they might use that against me. Like, man, you can't tell me shit because you was doing that shit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think about that too. So that might, it might work against you in a sense where you could be like, nah, we, you know, I can identify with you. Be like, nah, don't talk to me because you was doing it. I'm going to go and do whatever the fuck I want to do now. 
I don't know, man. I, I feel like drugs are dangerous, dangerous <laughs> enough that if I felt like my kid was starting to go down that path and I didn't feel like I was going to be able to stop them, that I feel like I would be the crazy-ass parent that I didn't have where I would probably be like, nah, you, you're going to some special fucking military school because <laughs> I'm not raising a goddamn person. Nah, that's real shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you beat me to it. I was going to ask you, like, how would you react in that situation? But that's that's a good one. I mean, if I found out that my kid was taking Percocets, and I'm going to be real with you, it's like, I know, like, like my, my girlfriend, her younger family members, some of them fuck around with pills and stuff, and so, like kids who are like 15 or 16, and she's told me like, oh, this person asked me for the Percocets for my boob job or some shit like that. Wow. And I was like, yo, like, I don't think you understand. Like, if my 15-year-old, if I caught him with a Percocet, I don't think you understand how much his life would be over. Like that's, that's just not the kind of thing I would play around with at all, at all. And I don't know, maybe I'm saying that cause I'm not a dad yet. And I don't know how hard it is to really be up in your kid's business. But to me, I mean, I've seen enough people become fucking zombies from that shit that I don't really, I can't really imagine myself uh, being very reasonable about it. Do you, do you find yourself with some of the, the younger artists that, that you're around, you know, from interviewing them or just hanging out or whatever, do you, do you find yourself giving them advice at this point or just kind of letting folks do what they do? And if they ask you, you know, cause I mean, you know, you, you've, you've been public about doing different things and, and changing ways and, and all that good stuff. So I'm, I'm curious if, if any of that change in you rubs off on the folks that, that you might be mentoring. Um, yeah, you know, it's kind of weird because it's like I've always had that double standard where it's like if somebody works for me, my standard for them getting fucked up is like almost non-existent. <laughs> like mm. as soon as it begins to like impact their productivity at all, I would, you know, have almost no tolerance for that. Whereas, you know, I've had a lot of friends over the years who are like pretty serious drug users. But then at the same time, I feel like especially as I get older, my ability to sort of tolerate that has really gone away because I just would feel like, like when I would look at the juice world situation, you know, I, I was really, really cool with him and really friends with him. But there was a couple of times where I went over his house and, you know, I saw him just really fucked up on perks and he was, you know, recording or whatever. And I just didn't really feel right about being around it. You know, I'm in my mid thirties and I just don't want to be, a fly on the wall with this kid taking his life into his own hands. And I'm not in a position to tell him to stop, but I just don't really see how I can be around this kind of shit at this point in my life. And, it, you know, it keeps getting more and more like that every year where, you know, it, it's hard for me to put myself in the mentality of thinking that some of this stupid ass shit that people talk about with drugs and they try to make it sound cool. It's really hard for me to just sit back and just sort of, you know, take that stuff in. But I, I feel like that's a big cultural change in general, too, is that it feels like, you know, as much as hip-hop has been able to ignore, you know, Pimp C and onwards dying from opiates and from drugs and stuff, it just feels like now probably more than ever, and maybe because it's a reaction to how things were like a couple of years ago, it feels like a lot of the, the pill talk is like really looked down upon and it seems like it's hard to get away with now. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it, it goes, it definitely goes through cycles. Something's cool, then it's not cool. And then, you know, there's, there's a change in what the content is and, and all that good stuff. 
Had yeah, because that, that's how I got lucky is because I, I grew up going to hardcore shows. Like, I would listen to a lot of rap music, but I was also going, like, there was no rap scene in, uh, you know, the suburbs of Boston. So I was going to a lot of hardcore shows because I was into that kind of music, too. And in the late 90s, early 2000s, if you were into going to hardcore shows and watching all these punk bands, like, most likely you were straight edge and you didn't drink or do drugs. So, I mean, I had a nice sort of uh, pathway towards me getting to, like, I don't even think I really, I had a few drinks in high school, a couple drinks, like, you know, summer after high school, but I never really got drunk until I was maybe, like, 25. And I honestly thank that for a huge percentage of my success is the fact that I was not really exposed to a lot of that bad stuff or I mean I was exposed to it I was going to high school parties and I was seeing people get blackout wasted but you know I at least had like a social support system around me that made it clear to me that that stuff was not maybe as cool as a lot of people thought it was and it goes back to what you were saying like the younger that people start like the, like the whole smoking weed shit the the more of an impact it's going to have on them but that's one thing that I would hope that we could, that we could probably get across to our kids. You know, it's like, listen, you can do whatever the fuck you want when you were a grown ass adult. You know, maybe I won't like it, but kind of hold off as much as possible until they're an, at an age where they can make better decisions, basically. Yeah, and try to like, you know, get that across to them. Like, I don't know how hard it is to get that across to a kid, but like, you know, at a certain point, you got to be able to explain like. Yeah, Nori is smoking weed because Nori did something with his life and earned the right to be smoking weed. You're 16. You don't, You didn't do nothing with yourself yet to even earn the fucking fact to be able... Like, you ain't earned relaxing yet. That's, that's <laughs> how I honestly think. <laughs> yep. That's true. That's real yeah. shit. Nah, makes sense. S- switching gears a little bit, um, Adam, what are you most looking forward to when your child is born? Oh... Uh, Man, I, I spent a lot of time sort of thinking about just how I can explain the most basic things to him, him or her, I guess. Like, just sort of anticipating the kind of things that a kid says to their, their parents and just sort of just thinking about, I don't know, I just, I, I just, I really want to be present, I guess, is the way that I want to experience it, where I want to be around for as much of the, you know them learning to talk and learning to communicate as possible. And I just really want to be able to, I don't know. I was thinking about it the other day, like, like just like when I saw my nephew's first ex- uh, experience in my cat, like just playing with the cat. And I was just like, dude, like I am so overjoyed. I just cannot wait to like explain why we have a cat to my kid. <laughs> and like, you know, probably have to explain it over and over and over, over the years of like, you know, just sort of like, oh, yeah, we got this weird white cat. And, like, you know, that this is, you know, I don't know, it's just, just the idea of being able to explain the littlest things in life to a, a captivated audience <laughs> that you are, like, that you're in charge of, you know, figuring out how they're going to think about the world. It's yeah, their crazy. outlook. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, because yeah, yeah, they, get, they get excited about it. I mean, sometimes we, I definitely can take it for granted sometimes. I mean... Um, like just being on quarantine right now. Um, like my son is at an age, he's seven going on eight and like, I'm able to do things with him now. Like we went jogging today and yesterday, um, and he could actually keep up and, you know, we did a nice jog, but I mean, to him, 
it was like the greatest thing in the world. Like, okay, I'm jogging with my dad. We're spending time together. He's like, we're running, and you know, he, the whole time he's like, this is great. This is awesome. Aren't you know? Aren't you? Aren't you happy to be doing this? I'm like, yeah. This is, and you know, I'm thinking like, this is great. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is like these little things that we might take for granted of, of like, oh man, I gotta go exercise. But if you flip it, then you know, you've you've got this little person that that is looking up and thinking that this is the best thing in the world Change, changes your perspective on things quite a bit. No, definitely. I, I always think about how for me, you know, I still go to the skate park. Like when I go to the skate park, it's pretty much like me and a couple of my friends and we'll show up and ride our bikes for, you know, two hours and then we're just out. And it's just when I think about that of how much fun it's going to be to have a kid and be able to like teach him the ins and outs of like, just how to have fun without, you know, without necessarily needing anything. And just, I don't know. I mean, I think that the, a big part of why it appeals to me too, is just knowing that you don't know what they're going to become interested in and what they're going to want to put their time into. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited about that to be able to expose them to as much stuff as possible. I always think about, I'll be listening to a song that I like, not like a, usually not like a modern rap song, but I'll hear like an older you know, soul song or a random classic rock song or an old ass rap song. And I'll start thinking like, damn, I can't wait to tell my kids about this music. <laughs> you know? Right. Oh yeah. And I don't, I don't know if they're going to appreciate it, but I feel like they hopefully will. Eventually they will. I think that's the way that works. They'd be like, ah, I don't want to hear that. And then they re later on in life, it's, it's like a classic for them. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, damn, I wonder if, like, I'm going to be able to teach my kid to appreciate Marvin Gaye. Because that's what my parents got me really into as a kid, that kind of shit. You know, Aretha Franklin. Like, that, that, that for me would be so exciting if they were able to actually appreciate that, you know? I think the earlier you do it, the better yeah. chance you have of them appreciating it. Like, like my son, we were early with Stevie Wonder on him, and now, like, Stevie Wonder is his favorite thing, and he was hanging out with some kids who are a little older than him. Um... I don't know, maybe a couple months ago, and they were asking about music, and like, don't you know, don't you like, uh, don't you like Trippy Red or someone like that? And 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 someone knew, and he's like, oh, I don't know who that is, but I, I like Stevie Wonder. Like, do, you, do you guys like <laughs> Stevie so. Wonder? And they're looking at him like he's a nut, you know? Cause <laughs> Man, that's so funny right there. You know, but that that's one thing that pissed me out too is, and I was wondering how you guys handle this is like. You know, most of the music I listen to has way too much profanity in it to probably play it around a young kid. So I, all of a sudden I'm starting to understand why they got the, the censored version on Spotify and shit. <laughs> yeah, that's been a, that's yeah, been we a, haven't figured that topic. out yet. <laughs> yeah. And we've, we've interviewed quite a, quite a bunch of people, uh, a lot of artists and everyone has a different take on it. Some, some folks are, let it fly. they don't. Yeah, they just let everything fly and then explain it out. Um, some don't care. Some are definitely filtering it. And, um, you know, like, I, like I, I remember, like, Crooked Eye and Bun, they definitely were were filtering content until, you know, their kid was a certain age that they could kind of better understand it. Uh, I think for us collectively, I think we've been on the mindset of, of filtering a bit more. Um, I definitely feel... I like when some shit slips through on some songs sometimes and I'll f be cringing inside cause I'm just not ready to go there yet with some of the, some of the content and having to explain what that is. And then you just basically, once it gets in their head, there's going to, they're going to repeat it some, somehow, some way. 
you just never know when that <laughs> when that's coming going to come out in. The, the way I'm treating that right now is really well. So, and we've talked about this before, but for uh, for me, the profanity is less the issue or the concern. It's more about right. the, the raunchy stuff, right? Yeah, right. yeah. And so, when I know there's an you know an old song that I enjoy, like Biggie, for for the most part, put it in your mouth. Whoa, chilla, Canelli. <laughs> <laughs> but. But there's, you know, there's, <laughs> there's a few Sorry, jokes. It took me a second to, to There's a few joints that, you know, for the most part, they're just cursing. And for me, I say, depending on my mood, but more, more like 60% of the time, that's okay. Cause they know already they shouldn't be saying bad words. Right. So I don't have a problem right. with, I actually prefer they know them. Yeah. But know not to say them versus be surprised about shit just popping up. So on that side of things, it's cool. But when you get into now, there's so much of the raunchiness. That's where the issue lies for me. Mm. Yeah, because you know, just for an example, my uh, my good friend Vel, he has a daughter who's I guess four or five years old, and she's super into TikTok. You know, loves watching TikTok. Oh boy! And the other day, she says to him, she goes. Daddy, I just want to watch girls shake their booties. And he was just like, he said to the mom, because she thinks, like, it's all good. Like, the kid should should know about dancing, and it's no big deal for a girl to be shaking her ass, whatever. He's a little bit more conservative. He's a little bit like, he's like, nah, like, I don't want my daughter thinking that that's normal for her to to think that that's, like, the best thing that a girl could be doing with her time. They got a huge argument about it, but I got to say that I agree with it because, I mean, I just, at a young age, I just feel like there's number one, no kid should be looking at TikTok unattended to because even just the lyrics and the songs, yeah. you know, that that's like a four or five year old can't handle that. But then, I mean, seeing girls shaking their asses too much too, I feel like a, a, a young girl could like absorb some like bad messages from that at a young age. Hell yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah. You got to filter yeah. content. I mean, at least that's my opinion. I mean, sure. I got, no, so, I so I got I got a 13 year old right, and she's TikTok crazy. But the way we try to mitigate the risks associated with you know having her be too exposed is my on my wife's phone is where she can access it, and very limited and infrequently. So right, what she so I think that kind of helps, but at the same time, like she's got access to YouTube on her iPad or whatever. So a lot of the videos that show up on TikTok do end up on YouTube. But so far, she's really only focused on like learning the you know the dances and whatnot. So it's been okay. But I'm sure she comes across shit that isn't appropriate. But so far, it hasn't been an issue. You guys, man, you're talking about TikTok and that you guys downloaded it though. You guys at all think about the all the time the, the no the privacy aspect of it in terms of like you know that whole shit with China and yeah 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 the no. government having a hold on because that's another aspect of, of so when we you know dive into the whole social media shit that kids at a young age grow up on social media versus people maybe around our ages that we we didn't necessarily grow up on social media we just use it as a tool yep. it's just like they're indoctrinated from birth to yep. to have constant surveillance using these apps and they don't even know that it's surveillance and privacy issues and all that shit i mean i, I look at my yeah, smart I mean, speakers crazy every day for the same reason i'm like yo what i, I don't even I, sometimes i feel like chucking them because i'm like yo they listen to every fucking thing yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, it's crazy to think that, like, they're just going to have access to so much information and that you could try to, like, choke the information off so that they don't, like, get inundated with it at an early age. But, man, I mean, me and my friends, I remember uh, there was one kid who found a, a stack of porno magazines in a dumpster, and he, he took that shit and put it in a plastic box in the woods, and we used to go out there for weeks and just look <laughs> at the porno magazines in the woods. <laughs> But imagine the difference of that, though, that you, you would have to go and access those magazines whenever you could versus just going on some fucking, you know, just Wi-Fi, Internet connection 24-7, potentially. Oh, yeah. Nice. And they, they could figure, they could, like, you know, we were, we, we thought we were looking at the craziest shit ever just because girls were topless and, like, right. stuff they could see online these days. I don't even know. Like, actually, it's pretty crazy, too, because when I think about it, I grew up right next to this park. And then all of a sudden, when I turned like 12 to 13 and uh, uh, fucking uh, the Internet started popping up, it came out in the news that this park that I lived next to was like the number one place in the area that gay guys would go to fuck each other in their cars. Wow. So, uh, you know, that, that was right under my nose growing up and I had no idea. <laughs> you, you had no exposure to that. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? But I, I, I had a clue, though, because when I was, like, in sixth grade, me and my friend were walking through the, the woods, and, like, I kicked the bag, and a fucking dildo came out of the bag. And I was, like, I was like 12. And I had no... I, I couldn't even begin to wrap my head around what I was looking at. <laughs> you thought it was a lifesaver. A lifesaver. Yeah. Oh... So on on that tip, well, not on that tip. Whoa, <laughs> pause. <laughs> that was a pause moment. <laughs> what do what do you guys? I mean, what do you see, or what do you foresee your life changing when when your when your baby is born? How do you see things shaping up for you? Just in terms of you know, you're probably used to living your life a certain way at this point. Um, are you under the guy? Are you kind of under the concept of things will go on as normal and the kid will adapt to how we get down or are you kind of prepared to change things up based on those needs? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely making me just think more about like how I'm going to structure my life so that I can be out of the house, uh, less, which is, you know, obviously going to be pretty easy probably, uh, given the current situation, and, you know, how to just sort of, like, really make the most of the hours that I am at the office working or whatever, um, just so that I can be, you know, supportive, be around to watch all the, the crazy shit that's going to be going on, even in the early stages. I mean, obviously, it's like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really not sure just in terms of, like, hours, because obviously, like, everybody that's on this phone call is, like, a hustler in one way or another. Like, we all see the value of working your ass off. And when it comes to working your ass off, a lot of that is really based on how many hours you put in. Like, yeah, it's really, it's possible for you to just work your ass off for eight hours a day and just be really, really productive in that eight hours a day. But we also know people like who every hour of the day that they're awake, they're grinding to do something that's going to push their career going in the right direction. And that's kind of what, you know, I've, I felt like I always, my whole life had very little balance and that's something i've really learned over the past couple of years is like okay you need to make time to go to vacation you need to make time to meditate or to exercise or to go to the movies with your girlfriend or or anything like that you know and uh i don't know that's that's the thing that i think about a lot is just in terms of like actually how i'm going to organize my life to be the most effective what i should do you know 
Well, good luck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, shit ain't easy. <laughs> I think I think to a large degree. I mean, I think EFN would likely disagree with me, but I think to a large degree, kids are the magical like forcing function to push you kind of in the direction of having some of that that uh, organization that you just kind of alluded to, right? So like you. You might have a certain, right? like today, for instance, you don't have a child right now. So for you, your day is pretty free and clear and you conquer it however you see fit. But then you got you throw a kid in the mix. Now you have blocks of time that you have to manage because there's a lot of uncertainty, right? Nap times aren't necessarily all that predictable until a certain you know age. So then you got to like, all right, they went down. They're going to be out for about an hour. I got to cram and do X, Y, and Z in that hour. And you're probably fucking exhausted. So like these kinds of things, they start to condition you in a way that you, you really don't expect. Yeah, I don't agree. (laughs) (laughs) What's your rebuttal? Nah, it's just the shit ain't that easy. (laughs) And I'm about to have times too. So I'm even more like, ah, shit. Yeah, you're fucked. (laughs) I mean, you know, what's funny that I think about a lot too, is that like me and my girlfriend's relationship. I mean, she, does the OnlyFans thing, right? So she's pretty much in the house. She takes care of the house. She's she's really the one who's, like, involved. Like, if, if the garage door is broken, she's realistically the one, like, dealing with the repairman. I'm the one who's, like, always, like, out of the house, working on something, being around. Like, she got to tell me. You know, if she didn't tell me to be home at, like, or try to be home to see her at certain times or whatever, I, I'm the type of person where I'm really, like, only in the house, like, when it's time to go to sleep. So, I mean, I just am curious because it feels like she always takes the charge with when, like, everything that involves, you know, being responsible. She usually is the one who's right there to, to kind of take charge of it. And it's I'm very interested to see how our relationship is able to sort of shape around the newfound needs that we're going to have with the kid and... uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like she is so naturally mothering and maternal, and that's just like, you know, ever since I met her, it's just been obvious that that was like one of the main things she wanted to do with her life. And now I, you know, obviously I'm trying to rise to the occasion, but I'm interested to see what to what level she's going to like force responsibility upon me or slash I'm going to break it off on my own, you know? The other thing to consider, though, is because of the type of lifestyles, I mean, we all like live similar, similar lifestyles in the sense that we don't have like these rigid nine to five jobs. We kind of make our own hours and do what the fuck we want to do. Um, what I, what I found out was the hardest for me is being away at a point. This happened more so at, at a later stage when my daughter started, you know, becoming more of a toddler and her personality started coming out. Um, you just, you miss them so much and you just don't want to be away from those moments. And you just you're so connected to the kid that you're just like, fuck, man, I have the ability to be home all day if I fucking want to. But if you do, right. if you are at home and you are with because when you're home and you're with the kid, you got to be you know, like with the kid. It's like really hard to do extra shit. But that's 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 like a, a struggle that ends up happening, at least for me. And I'm sure, you know, it happens to any normal loving father you know that that, that truly connects with their with their child. They're going to be like, fuck, man, like I want to be with my kid. And that becomes like a struggle in terms of like hustling and getting shit done and going out there and doing what you got to do because it's kind of like a catch-22. Yeah, and I mean, it's already so hard for me to 
uh, like a lot of the stuff I used to do a couple of years ago in terms of wanting to go out and be at the club or wanting to go get drunk or wanting to like, I mean, even when I think about just my store and my business, I used to be at my store slash office, you know, I, I would just be there till one, two in the morning on just a regular day. And, and like for no reason, just kicking it with everybody, smoking weed, chilling, whatever. And then when I think about that now, I'm like, man, I'm so like, I go to work, I get my shit done. And then I'm like, either back to the crib or going to exercise or going to work on something that I've been working on, whatever. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like if anything, that the decision to have a kid just seemed a lot more obvious to me at this point in my life because of the fact that my, my lifestyle seems somewhat structured to it. Like, I'm, I don't feel like I'm going to have to make massive changes to be able to uh, sort of fall in line. All right. That's good. I mean, that's, that's probably one of the better scenarios to be because you're, you're, it's you know it sounds just from this conversation it sounds like you've been honestly thinking about a lot of these things whereas i think some parents take all this process for granted and really don't spend too much time kind of really being proactive and more kind of just waiting for shit to happen and then be reactive so i, th I think that kind of puts you ahead of the game for maybe the complexities that are they still hit you but i think you'll be a little bit more prepared mentally yeah yeah i mean i'm always just sort of trying to strategize and figure out how things are going to play out in the future in general. Uh, I mean, it's, it's very weird to think about too, that the, the kid ain't really going to be doing all that much for the first year. And then I'm, I'm just interested in like how much time you have to dedicate like in year two and year three versus year one, because they're so much more active and doing different things that during di different periods. And then obviously like all of a sudden one day they're going to school eight hours a day and then, that changes stuff a lot too. Yeah. It switches up daily for sure. Yeah. So I think, uh, at this point we're going to need you to come back once you are fully in the mix yeah. <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll get your take on, on how things are going. And by then I'll have yeah. my number two as well. That's right. He's got, he's got his son on the way with due date is what in June. Yeah, first week yeah. of June. Mm -hmm. Yeah, y'all could trade, uh, you know, dirty diaper stories and all that good stuff. <laughs> we have Man, we have Rona babies out here, dude. I've never uh, even been around for somebody changing a diaper before, so oh, that's gonna be totally new for me. You got to You got to do a um, like you know how they do unboxing videos. You got to find a way to do <laughs> yeah. like uh, how you diaper up a kid video, <laughs> right? Yeah, or unbox that dirty got... diaper. Yeah. <laughs> Have, have you guys uh, gone into looking at any of the family channels on YouTube? Nah. Like what? Like, oh. give an example. Like, like toddler videos? No. Well, like, okay, just the biggest one is uh, the Ace Family, and they're. I oh, mean, man. if you don't watch it, I bet your girls watch it because. Yeah, like, I'm sure she is. Yeah, it's just it's just this YouTube dude, and then he's got a super hot like instagram model wife and they got the fucking cutest kids ever and they're rich as hell and they, they got all the nicest clothes yeah, she watches just make like videos. That. <laughs> you know they just make videos of their life and it's just crazy like when you watch it like they just every every other day they got a new video they're doing something goofy with the kids and there's so there's so many channels like this and they're so big and me and my girl we got our own channel already we we, we just hit a hundred thousand subscribers we got like a million views on our video about the pregnancy so uh, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's going to be interesting too, just because like we're definitely 
going to be doing a lot of this stuff in the the public eye to a certain extent. Mm. What, no, no. What, what's the channel like for people to find yours? It's just called it's just called Lena and Adam. Okay, I will definitely link it. I'll check it out. Yep. Yeah, if you just search that, it'll come up. But we, uh, yeah, we, we got like a million views on the video about us about her being pregnant. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. All right, brother man. Listen, thank you for uh, for joining us, and uh, we wish you all the best in the rest of your pregnancy journey here. And look forward to hearing from you once uh, once the baby's has arrived. Oh hell yeah, I appreciate that, and uh, thank you guys for having me on. It means a lot. No, nah, man. Thank you for joining us, man. Yeah, Stay we appreciate safe, it, man. man. Yeah, much love. All right. Be good. All right. Peace, Later. man. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child.